Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, it's actually not Mackie and Judd. It is uh, time for Conduits of Trouble, which, of course, is Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and most importantly, Chip Scoggins, uh, sports columnist, Star Tribune, joining. What's up, Chipper? How you doing? What's happening, Judd? I thought you kept scoring a scrimmage last night. Uh, inter-squad game with uniforms on, seven innings tie game, uh, classic old-school National Hockey League game, and I kept score of the whole thing, and I even kept track of balls and strikes. I was in heaven! How was the uh, how was the piped-in crowd noise? You know what? Um, at first, it was sort of odd, and I think it was, so it's white noise. So it's basically just a constant flow of of chatter, all right? Okay. And and I think at first it was it was too high pitched or too high volumed. They yeah. they seemed to turn it down a bit and and compared to the game where they where they had the walk up music, you know, mm-hmm. the PA announcer mm-hmm. now hitting Nelson Cruz and then his song plays and yeah. then that gets done and there was nothing but silence. This was preferable. I mean, it's still, don't get me wrong, it's still weird. It's still hard to get your mind around the fact that there are basically no people there. But yeah. just as far as the, as far as I, I think the correct word is just the ambient sound and just to have some constant sound, it's an improvement. I'll take it. So was it... Well- uh, like if there's a home run or hit, is there cheers or is it just white noise? The whole nope, time? they like, jack it up. Things? There's cheers. So, okay. so now, do now, do we have booze? Uh, that's the, that is a problem because we do not yet, and we need them. We need booze, and it's clear that there is somebody also, Chip Scoggins, in the game operations staff, yeah. adjusting the noise. And so we did get a couple times last night where I believe there was a foul ball down the first baseline followed by, yeah, and it's like, no, that's a foul ball down the first baseline. You don't want cheers for that. But I'm with you. Booze, extremely important, and they were missing, and we need to find a way to get um, to get a Bronx jeer or cheer incorporated. Do we need the drunk guy yelling at Mauer? We've got him. We've got him. Sergio Romo. That's right. He's in the bullpen. He was he was again in the bullpen last night. I, I kid you not. He is cupping his mouth with his hands. It, he he sounds like the guy if if you're watching a Twins A's game, right? From the yeah. West Coast and it's like here, it's like 
1145. And you can always hear that one drunk like, you know, hey, Morno, hey, hey, Sergio Romo's the guy. He doesn't have to pitch all year long. Just employ him as the guy who's going to heckle. Well, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, I don't think guys will do that during the game. <laughs> but um, I think we've talked about this. Do you think the broadcast will be able to pick up uh, exchanges on the field or no? It's going to be too hard. I think now with this plan in place, which it sounds like most, if not all teams, are going to use noise, I think it's going to be much more difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. to to pick up um to for for you to hear what players are saying now now if a guy throws a bad pitch or if a guy flies out and gets upset and yells mm-hmm. an f bomb that's going to mm-hmm. be picked up but actual conversations i think now won't be okay yeah too bad so how did uh uh Sano did not play obviously correct but is he i the opening day, he's, he should be. There should be enough time a week, right? Uh, I would think so. Now, on he, he did a Zoom call yesterday after being cleared uh, to come back from COVID nineteen. Miguel did, mm-hmm. and I will say this: from what we could see on the Zoom screen, he looks to be still in excellent, excellent shape. Well, the way you know, after he came back the two years ago, whatever they all run together, but. Um, I have to think Derek Falvey and, and Levine and the way they are uh, about nutrition and, and all this, the different uh, processes and programs they have in place. I would be stunned if they allow that to happen again. Right. I mean, they're, yes, they seem like they're pretty diligent about monitoring where guys are, even, you know, especially with this pandemic, I think they were checking in with them daily, you know, every player to kind of see where they're at physically, mainly all that stuff. So I would be surprised. And maybe the light bulb's gone on with Miguel, too, that uh, he realizes he can't just show up out of shape at camp again. And so that's good. That's, you know, that's encouraging. And sounds like no ill effects from COVID. Uh, no, said he felt fine the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, so I, I would, I would think, you know, that's enough. I assume they send him, they're off today, right? So they probably send him to St. Paul to get to work in with the, the younger guys. So I, that'd be enough, uh, BP live sessions, I would think, for him to be ready for the season. Yeah, so, so both him him and Buxton both said that they're going to be set to go for the opener against the White Sox, which is a week from Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Buxton one, I think that Byron, in Byron's heart, I think Byron plans to be prepared to play. The one thing is the Twins being the Twins, Yeah, I'm not sure that, that Rocco and the lads are going to sign off on Byron playing, but I will say this, compared to what we saw with him being put onto a cart on Monday after, what, chasing a cruise fly ball, and yeah. it l- looked like he got his uh, cleat uh, caught in the turf there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a long step to go from, oh, my God, he's hurt again, to, yeah, he's hurt, but I- instead of, like, an Achilles or a broken foot or a broken ankle, it's a midfoot sprain. Because I will say this, my initial reaction upon seeing – uh, what came out that day, video-wise, was this looks really bad again. And my frustration as a baseball fan and a guy who is just dying to see this guy put together a season, because I think he can be that damn good, mm-hmm. had gotten so high. I just hope that, you know what, 
this guy can play, let's say, 50 of 60 games or something and just give us a glimpse of what can happen when he doesn't get hurt. And it's not always his fault, but just to stay on the field. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Jed, we've seen a glimpse. Like, how much better this team is with him. Like, last year we saw it defensively, obviously. Yep. Uh, just night and day uh, defensively, the, the impact he has. But then we saw that he was starting to figure it out as a hitter, too. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't get in the business of questioning guys' toughness or, you know, it, I mean, that guy cares about baseball and he wants to be on the field. I mean, he, mm-hmm. that was just an unlucky thing. But just for seeing what he can become as a player and maximizing all the talent that he has, it's just, yeah, you, you want to see what the numbers would look like over the course of a full season, right? When he when he's in the lineup and not dealing with these things and constantly rehabbing. And so you just want to see if he can get to the ceiling and be the player that has been projected for him for years. And so it's always just been kind of these stops and starts. And so, it's, you know, yeah, and look, horrible when you they have to pick a guy up and put him on the car and you can't put much pressure on it. That's, that's a bad sign. But right. the fact that he did a Zoom interview with, uh, yesterday with reporters and the fact that he's not in a boot, it sounds like, yep. all, all those signs are promising. So I, I tend to think that he's really going to push to try to be in that lineup on opening day. The incredible thing to me about this team, too, or player, not, not the entire team, the incredible thing to me, Chip Scoggins, is this, too. Nelson Cruz turned 40 on July 1st, right? Mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz, by, by the standards by which we have grown up or grew up and now as adults judge athletes, should be winding down. Like, he just should be. He's 40 years old. He yeah. should be slowing down. I don't see anything about this guy, and this is probably re- redefining um, uh, sports longevity as we know it. I don't mm-hmm. see anything about this guy that screams, you know what? He's slowing down. He homered no. last night. He looks great. And, and you know, I'm really to the point now where I say to myself, is this the type of guy who, who could play in this era now till let's say, the age of 45? Well, the thing that helps is obviously he's not playing in the field, right? Yes. So you, you reduce the wear and tear of... You know, being on your feet and running, you know, having uh, run down balls or, you know, just playing wherever you, you would stick them, you, you, you know, you, you reduce that. But the thing that's fascinating is, is there's no loss of bat speed, right? No. I mean, the instincts are there, and you, you would think just as you get older, those things slow down like everything else in life. But maybe he's just kind of a freak of nature that um, – you know, he's he's able to put off father time in terms of his reaction, swing, all that thing, uh, all those things that tend to decline with age, um, that he has a specific skill that he does really well still. And, and there's no, you know, there's no signs that that's going to just hit a cliff, right? You know, that's at, what I'm waiting year. for, though, right? Like, like we always wait for that year where you're like, OK, this has changed now. I'm not mm-hmm. seeing that. I don't see that from him. I know. I mean, and it's, you know, he might just be one of those outlier, Judd, you know, where we know he keeps, you know, uh, keeps his body in tremendous shape and the way he works out and all that. Um, And so that's just the physical stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't know how you prevent, you know, your reflexes or your your eyesight or your whatever from deteriorating. I mean, heck, being you wear cheaters when we start wearing them, you know. And so um, five five years ago, (laughs) six years ago. Yeah, yeah, and so I wouldn't. 
I guess when you're when you get to his age, it probably is a year to year thing. Yep. And so to say, you know, he's going to play another five years, it's it's hard to know because, you know, eventually something will, uh, you know, something will slow down. But the way he looks right now, he looks like he could get the baseball <laughs> for another five years to me. You know, so it's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and and the thing about him that is possibly going to keep him around for a, a longer period of time than we think is this one too. The National League, like it or not, right, is going yeah. to a DH. Mm-hmm. So, so either in two thousand and twenty-two or twenty-one, or or probably two thousand twenty-two, you're going to have a whole group of teams basically trying to find guys yeah. to DH. And you know what? At forty-three, I'm not going to bank against th- this guy. Now, do I think he can play till fifty? No, I don't. But yeah. you know, forty-three or so. He could still play, and there's going to be jobs there. There's going to be jobs to be had. And and the DH is an interesting thing to me because it also takes a personality type. Like, not mm-hmm. everyone can just be can just say, peace out, I'm playing the field, and I, you know what, I will happily stay sharp and bat four times. That's a little yeah. bit difficult. And well, so the more I look at this guy, I say he's got a chance to go till I, I would guess, around the age of 45, based on the potential amount of jobs that are going to come open in baseball within the next few years. Yeah, and what we you talked about the just kind of the mindset you have to have. We talked about it uh when there were some questions like, hey, could Snow be a DH? And you know, rightfully teams like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he's gonna play in the field. He's too young for that and and it's just you don't want him just taking a bat, you know. Um but you're right, like when the in it when the National League goes to it, so you open up another half of the league that for jobs, but knowing Judd, what you know about how much this organization uh, admires what Cruz has brought to them in such a short time, yep. just the influence. I gotta be honest with you. He's one of the best leaders I've ever covered in sports. I think yep. you probably, you agree the same way. Just yep. the presence he has in that clubhouse is it's hard to quantify, but I mean, he is, it's, it's remarkable. The, the, just the, that presence and leadership and how people want to follow him. I would be surprised if he plays for another team in his career, uh, you know, and, and, you know, obviously salary and all those things factor into it, but I would, I would not be, I think they'll do everything they in their power as long as he's producing uh, at a, you know, at a reasonable uh, level to keep him here until he retires. Cause he, they just, he just has, there's just that much affection internally for what he's brought to this team. And, and I'd be surprised if they uh, would not resign him over and over until he, uh, until he does hang him up. I thought the same exact thing, except last week, our guy Dukes informed us that they had some initial um, contract conversation starting for a contract after 2020 chipper. Mm-hmm. And that, and that this is probably not a huge surprise, but that they were nowhere in, near the same ballpark. Which I don't know if that means Cruz, you know, is saying I'm playing to 44 or something like that, or if it, it was just the financials potentially for 2021. I think the one the one fly in the ointment of what you just said and, and previous uh, to COVID, I, I would have agreed with you 1,000 percent. I think the one fly in the ointment as far as the Twins and probably a bunch of teams go. What's the payroll going to be coming off well, that, probably yeah. no fans? Because that's that's the one thing where a lot of guys are going to say, pay me mine. And I think a lot of teams are going to say, a year ago, we would have gladly done that, but it's become far more difficult now. Well, yeah, that's, you know, 
you don't know what their revenues are, but I'll go back to there's no salary cap. So any any cap you put on it is self-imposed, right? It's not a sure. big thing. And so, um, but the other thing is that he may be factoring too is like, hey man, there could be a work stoppage here and there's likely going to be a work stoppage. And so at his age, you can't afford a work stoppage, you know? I mean, he can't afford to lose a year uh, when you're uh, on the wrong side of 40. And so um, that's another flying ointment uh, for for you know, seeing his career extended, but yeah, but just going, just going back the way he, he, he still hits the ball and performs. Um, it, it's, there's clearly no signs of age or slowing down and, and, you know, at some point there will, but I don't, it doesn't seem like it's right around the corner. What do you think? Because you, you uh, brought up or broached the topic of, of Cruz's ability to lead. What do you think in covering athletes the intangible is because it's definitely not it's not something that you declare right like you don't walk yeah, into no, yeah. a clubhouse and say i am the leader of this team and shut up and i've got this but it's weird because there is some i contend chip god-given intangible that certain people have that mm-hmm. that they just have it it's it in quotation marks and i believe it's one of the most impressive things in a person to see because because you know we're we're talking about pro athletes who are certainly have egos and have a lot of pride and to see them fall in line with one person to me is among the most intriguing behind the scenes things that you can see in sports. Yeah, it's it's a lot of things and it's it's one of those things that's just hard to like I say quantify or articulate because it's you know it's it's intangible but um one, you have to have the resume, right? Sure. You just can't be a, you know, so you got to be some level of stardom, for, I would think, right? Um, and, you know, Nelson's not a big, I mean, he talks to the media, but he's not a stand on the soapbox guy, mm-hmm. you know, but he just like, when he walks in, there's just like, one, he's gigantic. Two, he has this resume. Three, he's very intelligent. Um, he's seen a lot. Um, he relates to everyone, but he just had, and you probably describe better than me. He just has a presence about him, right? That guys gravitate to yes. and they look up to him. And I, I go back to some of the quietest guys. I feel like, um, have that, uh, characteristic. And I go back to Kevin Williams with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a big dog in that locker room. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody looked up to him and they called him big ticket and, he never really talked. Um, he, he, he polite when we interviewed him, but I, I remember Jared Allen uh, telling me one time, "It's like when when Kevin Allen, when Kevin Williams says something, you stand up and listen. Like you 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 shut up and listen because that's the guy who you know you just have so much respect for. And so it's it's weird. Like you know, some guys are rah rah, and they you just you know they kind of feel like they have to take that approach, but. It's hard to describe, but you know it when you see it, right? <laughs> Kevin had, and and the thing w- with him was this. Th- so the Vikings laid down and played a dog of a game in the last game of 06. It was New Year's Eve, I believe, Chip, against the Rams, mm-hmm. okay? And that's the whole week that they had cut Robinson and, you know, Brad had cut him because I, I think he came out to the Pioneer Press and complained. And players were ticked off. And the players, the players to a man for the most part, laid down and didn't care. Okay. So, so season's done. It's disappointing. Guys can leave. And I'll never forget going to Kevin Williams' locker. 
And he was irate, but he wasn't irate in a yelling way. So it wasn't like he was fiery and he was fiery, but it was this very, this can't happen. Like it was this very controlled, but you had the feeling that if he went up to a teammate and said that, that the teammate was going to be like, oh, okay. Because it wasn't this, oh man, he's flying off again, the handle, you know, he's all pissed off, blah, blah, blah. It was this very controlled, this doesn't happen to my teams. To your point. Yeah, Yeah, and and like his was a uh, under the surface simmering bull. Like you you know, like, but then you have, a guy like Tory Hunter, who's the exact opposite, yep. and he has that presence, right? He yes. can throw a punch if he, if he needed, you know. And so, there's different ways to do it. Um, but you're right; you can see when guys try to step into that role, and it and it probably have the best intentions, like, "Hey, we need some leadership here," and I'm, you know, and it just doesn't work; it falls flat, right? And then I think some some people just have that that quality that they don't have to try to be something they're not, but they just have that presence that people follow. And, and you know what? Every team needs it. And you yes. can say, ah, how important is it? No, no, no. It's important. I mean, you, you think about the impact that Nelson Cruz's presence and leadership oh. had on that team last year. On Snow, Chipper. Yeah. Just him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not a, it's not coincidence that Snow's locker got moved to right next to Cruz's. Nope. You know, I mean, that was uh, obviously a, a smart calculation by the team, and it, and it paid off, you know. Yep. Um, but every team, I think all good teams have a guy or two like that that just um, kind of set the temperature and, and the expectation, and they self-police things, and, it, and they just take care of any kind of issues that flare up. The guy who tried, Brian Dozier. Brian Dozier desperately mm-hmm. wanted to take that mantle from Tory. I mean, he talked about it. He basically talked about ha- having gone to school on on watching Tory during th- that year here. And I'll never forget, teammates just sort of said, "Really?" They rolled their eyes. And and look, mm-hmm. look, it wasn't that Brian was a bad guy. I don't think that for one second. Mm-hmm. But but it goes to the intangible, and you can have it or you don't. And, and as much as as Brian tried to emulate what Tory had done, you can't walk into that room and say I'm Tory. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and I yeah, and I go back. You know, I, I think you see it a lot in hockey, and I go back to the the you know the wild team that me and you covered. West Walls is a perfect example. Yep. You know, he had that presence of, and that, and that team had some really. I don't know if there's like that one guy on that on that wild team because they had a lot of good leaders, but. West was kind of the heartbeat of that that group. I felt like, mm-hmm. don't you? And he had that kind of alpha presence, where um, you know, just he, he kind of set the temperature and the and the attitude for that team with the way he played and his hard nose style. And so, um, you know, he's a, he's another good example. But I think you see a lot of them with hockey. I think it's that's kind of a sport that lends itself to you need to kind of have that that leadership in the, in the, in the locker room. But yeah, going back to Dozier, you're probably right. I mean, that was a team that was, had many uh, you know, issues and uh, just kind of fell apart at the seams. And I'm not sure they had the, the right kind of mix of veterans. Oh, that uh, clubhouse was, young guys. it was bad. Awful. You know? Lance Lynn, Lomo. Yeah, oh my God. It was, it was an experiment that blew up. You know, I understand what, what Falvey and Levine were doing that year, but it just, it, it obviously blew up. And yep. I'm not sure any leader could have kept that thing together. Walls was was great post game at the X when he he would 
come out. I swear it was what chipper ten foot forty five after mm-hmm. a game, and he would go and he would go out by himself and basically work on things and skate. Like that yeah. was West Walls. That was how that was how tight West Walls was uh, w- was strong. But the thing is, you had to respect it. You absolutely sure. had to. But yeah, I just I'll never forget West. I want to say there there was one time and it might have been when we were both in the press box that he came out and I think he was basically just in a jock strap or something and he's skating around and I'm like, my God, Wes, what are you doing? But that was Wes Walls. Well, I know he was very particular about his equipment. I know that. So like, that might've been it. Had to be right. Yeah, um, that might've been it. But he, you know, I mean, and all the hockey players do like, it's, it's always amazing. Me. Like they'll get off the ice and go jump right on the, on the, on the bicycle, uh, the stationary bike to have their cool down. I mean, they'll be in there just working like crazy after a game, you yep. know, to have their, their cool down. But, um, but yeah, he was, he was very intense. I mean, his intensity, uh, it did not turn off and on. I mean, it stayed, it stayed white hot all the time. So your thoughts on, on a uh, twins room now that's going to have Cruz, it's going to have Donaldson, mm-hmm. it's going to have Rich Hill, who's 40. Yeah. And by the way, off the mound, Hill, laid back. On the mound, incredibly in, intense. I am curious to see, especially in a year that's going to be a 60-game sprint now, so, you know, this is not the old 162, let's all be calm. Um in a 60-game sprint, I'm very curious to see the dynamics of this clubhouse with Donaldson, Hill, Cruz, because Donaldson, I don't think, suffers fools at all. No, no. There's going to be no um, – it's a very business-like group, right? I mean, yeah, Romo likes to have fun, and and uh, and they have some personality on there. But this is a very – I would say focused is probably – the word and confident, right? I mean, this is a group that I think really has high expectations internally. They may not talk about it, yep. Um, but I, I think internally, you just get a sense that this group really feels like they got the right, um, the right chemistry, the right pieces, and you know, the talent to to take a step forward. And that's the expectation should be right. Okay, you got a taste of it. You won hundred uh, games, one division playoffs now take a step forward because you improve the lineup you improve the rotation bullpen you know that there's in, in versatility and so uh yeah the 60 games is gonna is a whole different animal and you don't know how that's gonna go you can't afford to have a slump or get up to a slow start but um it, it seems like a very professional focused veteran group right now i sense no bs for at least no. one year, I, I think you're going to get zero BS, and and I I don't know that, that it's going to change dramatically because Baldelli is a laid back dude. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. going. I don't think he's going to tolerate an intensity that becomes uncomfortable. But I do think Donaldson's the type of guy who's going to bring a fire that in 162 you probably have to dial him back sometimes, Chipper. Yeah. In 60, I don't know about that. In 60, you might be like, you know what, Josh? It's fine if you're intense yeah. be, be, because because this is going to be the one year most likely in our lifetimes that we're going to have mm-hmm. a baseball season that feels like a football uh, season. Yeah, and but the thing is, even from like last year, Judd, this 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 is not a group that need to fire lit under their ass. Right. I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not that, but he's going to bring a, he's going to bring a intensity that um, I don't say they were lacking, but it's definitely going to be apparent 
because that's just kind of his mo, right? But right, you know, they have some some pretty, um, you know, some pretty alpha personalities in that in that clubhouse, you know, and it's it's an interesting dynamic. But I I, I like this team. I mean, you look at the. That lineup, geez, I mean, it, it is going to score a lot of runs. And the starting and pitching now, it might not be awesome, but it's very deep. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, it's not the, the best in Major League Baseball, but it's damn near, it's, it's respectable. I mean, it's, yep. I mean, you, now the Hills is healthy, uh, we think, right? I mean, yes. he looks healthy. Hopefully he stays um, healthy for his sake. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, if he stays healthy now, you, you definitely have options. And so, um, and you have guys that might have been in the rotation other years that, you know, they're there that can do jump in if you, you know, it gives Rocco options. You know, if you want to have a starter, if you want to, you know, guy needs the, if, if he wanted to go with the six man rotation, not going to do that, but he could. Right. Um, and then we'll see what they do with Pineda when he's eligible to come back. Uh, if he just, I don't know if he jumps right in there or just kind of has to bide his time. Vikings question, sir. Tell me mm-hmm. this. With all, all of the things that, that we have seen them do in recent months and the direction of things. And, and we saw the uh, Chad Graff report. I think we talked about this last week. That Zim is not entirely happy being sent into the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. What is your observation? And this, I guess, includes the Dalvin Cook portion of the equation, too. What is your observation of what the long play here is? Because I'll tell you this, the more and, and this is not this is not being critical of them because I still think they're going to be a competitive playoff type team. But the more I look at what they have done or haven't done, it feels like they are prepared to try and make a transition here um, and that there is a long play of sorts involved. I just don't know that I totally get what that's going to look like. It, well, I don't know. I, mean, I gotta be honest with you, I don't know because it just looks – this year is just so complicated that um, – it's just, it's, you know, are they looking at it, just, just get through this year with them and, and reevaluate, or are they thinking, all right, um, we want to shift philosophically completely. We want to become a, you know, a path happy uh, team that doesn't have a big emphasis on Dalvin Cook. Um, I don't know what their plan is, to be honest with you. I think we'll get a better sense um, when we know what they do with Dalvin, right? Uh, if he gets a, you know, a long term deal, then you feel like, okay, that's. You're, you're buying into him for X number of years and this whole system and philosophy. But um, in terms of them, I got to be honest. I, mean, I think we mentioned this last week. I I don't know what they're thinking. I'm, I'm surprised that this is an issue at this point. I thought it'd be mm-hmm. done by now. I really did. So, you know, I assume internally, they you know, they have a plan, but maybe it, it seems weird to me that you're going to judge the direction of your organization, the future, based on a season that might not happen, might be condensed, could go any, you know, any way at this point. I'm with you. That you're going to say, okay, you're going to make a determination on who your head coach, GM, whatever, based on that. I mean, it just, it seems odd to me. But it it feels like in some ways, Chipper, it feels like there's a potential that they've already made a decision at the direction that they want things to go. And so they're not going to change it because I'm, I'm completely on your side here and saying, you know, why wouldn't you, and I think we talked about this on conduits last week, why wouldn't you extend him by a year? Because if you fire him, you just pay him off. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's feeling to me more and more 
like there is a potential here that some decisions have been made and that now the clock is just ticking for those to happen. Could be, could be. And, and, you know, we just haven't had access to them and, you know, with everything going on. But the other thing is, Judd, I mean, they're supposed to report to camp in like two weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm still not buying that, by the way. I, I I think that's a long shot at this point. I, I you know I think they move that back, but um, but in terms of there's there's still part of me, Judd, that that thinks when we have that opening press conference or whenever they figure out you know training camp starts that they'll issue a press release saying that they've uh, signed Zimmer to a one or two year extension. A one year extension means sense. means nothing, but at least it does provide. Um, more more of a feeling of stability for the entire thing. Well, yeah. Like, it, it just it, makes it, you feel like, oh, okay. They're just getting through this, and then they'll make a determination after, you know. But, again, I, what, what are you going to draw from this season? But, like, what's you the know? plan with Cook? What's the plan with – like, there's, there's just – there's a lot of things here um, that I can't tell. No, and if, you know – you could, they could play. They definitely could play hardball because he's not going to hold out from camp, obviously, and lose all that money and lose a year of uh, service time. So, right. if, they, if they don't sign to extension, they're clearly going a different direction next year, right? I mean, they're just going. Oh yeah, yes. They're they're going to change complete philosophy, and and if they did that, along with not giving Zimmer extension, then I'd say they're turn as soon as the season is over, they're going to turn the page, right? Because then you say we're they're just completely. Uh, going a different direction, but yes, I just think there's a small percentage of that happening. Don't you? I think more than anything, you'd see an extension for Dalvin coming, whatever it looks like. Yeah, it could. Yes, it could happen. Yeah, so I, yeah. I think that's the more likely scenario. It feels to me like if there is a behind the scenes wink, wink deal right now, it's probably with Spielman. Like it does feel yeah. like it feels yeah. like Rick yeah. is making moves that Rick wouldn't make if Rick really thought he was going to be blown out. Yeah, yeah, and I, and and that one wouldn't surprise me at all if if there's something done with him, an extension that we just don't know about, and they're keeping quiet. Um, that would be the I could see that happening more than the other two. Yep. So the the cook thing to me now is as far as the direction, Chip Scoggins is mm-hmm. the direction is done. Henry's contract with the Titans. What did he average? He's going to average. He's going to be one, two, three, four. He's going to be. Fifth in the league at an average of twelve and a half million per year. So that that to me is very very fair. And yeah. and if the Vikings are going to keep Cook, I, I think the Derrick Henry contract is now basically your template. Now I don't know that they're going to do it, but the point being is to me, you go to the Cook camp with a contract very similar to that, and you say. The guy who led the National Football League in rushing in 2019 got this. We'll give yeah. you something very close to that. Will you take that? If they say no, you got a problem. But yeah. I but I but I do believe that as far as if if you're the Vikings and you want to get this done and that remains to be seen, the Derrick Henry contract sets the parameters for what it would take to get it done now that you would be at least I think mildly comfortable with. Yeah, and that's what I uh, I wrote uh, on this subject. Uh, I guess it's been a month ago. Um, that the reasonable compromise by both sides. He's not going to get McCaffrey money. He's not getting 
uh, <laughs> Zeke money. Um, and I, I even said I would, I wouldn't put him in that thirteen million dollar range. I, I, I thought eleven. I, the number I said was eleven to twelve million. I thought would be fair for both sides. Yep. Um, because Dalvin has to understand he's lost leverage because of his injury uh, situation and his injury history. So he can't expect to get the same amount as those guys. Sorry, it's just it's not, you know, they have to factor that in too. Um, so I, I thought 11 to 12 million, you know, and Derrick Henry carried that team, you know, in the playoffs. And so he had a lot of leverage there. And, and um, so I think if they could get, in that 11 to 12 million ballpark, I think both would take that. And I think that's reasonable for both sides. Yeah. And, and if, if they come back and say McCaffrey, Zeke or bust, I tell them, see you later. So uh, yeah, I say then that's can, just it. Then you'll be a restricted free agent. If you want to hold out, you'll lose a thing, but I, I would not get up in there. No way. And I, I don't, you know, Dalvin can't reasonably think that that's what he's going to get. I mean, he's they, got an they agent ask, that they may ask for that, and an agent may ask for that, but they're not getting. That. He's got a guy that represents him though, who doesn't have a ton of clients, and sometimes those guys can be a bit dangerous as far as what they try. I, I'm very curious though, but I just keep I keep coming back to the guy that gets 13 mil, David Johnson. He's fourth on this list. It, it goes McCaffrey. It goes McCaffrey, Zeke, um, Bell, David Johnson. And then Henry with his yeah, Henry, twelve and a half. Yeah. Um, I keep coming back to David Johnson and thinking to myself, I mean, that contract right now to me looks so bad. I know. Well, isn't Bell and Johnson both at thirteen million? Uh, yeah, think. Bell's at uh, Le'Veon Bell of the Jets is at thirteen point one million. David Johnson's at thirteen mil, and he, he just got traded from the Cardinals to the Texans in the Andre Hopkins I, deal. I got to be honest, Judd. If, I, if I'm the Vikings, I don't go up to that number. I'm with no. I'm with you, Chipper. I try I, I to keep think, it around ten personally, but that's just me. Yeah, that that might be too low. Um, and, and and I think eleven or twelve. I mean, I, I think given the number of games he's missed in his career, and just you know, that to me says okay, we're going to lower the number. I don't think you know he he probably deserves more than ten, but right. Um, but I think eleven to twelve is fair for both sides. I absolutely do. Last thing, your weekly prediction. Are we playing college football in uh, 2020? Well, the number is obviously lower, <laughs> but the fact that the Big Ten cut out those two not or the the non conference games, so that's three home games um, or three games for teams that buys clearly what they're doing is buying time, right, Judd? Yes. That's that's their hail mary and hope that you know they can lop off a month of the season and, and the, the world will be in a different place by then, the country with the pandemic and the cases. But even then, I don't know that it, it just seems like a long shot at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the first step. They're buying time. We need something drastic to happen with these uh, COVID numbers, though, in the next couple of weeks to think holistically they're going to have a shot. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not overly optimistic. Percentage-wise? Right now, from you, twenty. You know, yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably you fair. Know? And then, and you know, hopefully, something dramatic happens here in the next couple of weeks. But that that was a good step to 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 eliminate non conference games because that does mean you can push to the start of the season and fall camp and all that back a month. And then maybe we're in a different spot, but you know, the signs are not promising, obviously. And the Gophers lost nobody. What BYU? I think was their top non conference yeah, games. All three he, were going to be played he, TCF Bank. Yeah, ETS, uh, East Tennessee, and then uh, Florida Atlanta. Sorry about that, yeah, Chipper. That's right, East Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so no, they, but they lost three. Uh, you know, assuming they play, that's you know, that's significant money 
that they are, that they're losing by, you know, canceling three home games, but that's, that's the cost of buying time to see, hopefully they can salvage the season in, 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 uh, in the fall, because I, I just keep coming back to Judd. The spring idea has just so many complications to it. I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, guys won't play. Resort. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, if you're a first round pick, I wouldn't play. Yeah, you're not playing. Um, but just beyond that, just the weather and the, you know, the, the wear and tear and if guys have injuries, they're not going to be available for the next week. It's just a lot of complications. So, um, I'm, I, you know, I keep holding out hope, but um, it's, you know, time is ticking fast at this point. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Talk to you next week, Chip right, Scoggins. Appreciate it. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey, or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.